sure you don't want to change? Well, I'm not on. Am I, not, am I on? I'm on. Wow, nailed the landing on the start there. Uh, you sure you don't want to change the name of the, the invitation song to shake, shake it off? No? It's not in the books, but I think we all know it. Uh, I, I um, spend a little tidbit about me that you might not know. I spend most Tuesdays and Thursday nights um, at the park yelling at children. I'm a coach for a soccer team that's four um, to six years old. Actually, Claire's seven, but she made the cutoff date. And to coach soccer, especially at that age, you have to um, yell at them to not just do soccer things, but to just do normal human things. Like, get off the ground. And don't get tangled up in the net. And there's just this list of stuff that they have to do. Stop playing in the mud. Stop pushing your teammate. Don't kick it into our goal. And so I yell, I tell them, and there are certain kids that I get really excited if they do a thing. Not kick it in the goal, just a thing. Like if they just do that thing, if they just, if I yell, kick it, and they kick it. I am so excited. It's like they have, they've just, it's like they've scored 17 goals. It's like they've, it, I told you to kick it and you kicked it. You, the ball was there and you kicked it. And, and one of the things that we get excited about in our, with our team especially is what they call shots on goal. If you just shoot the ball and kick the ball in the general direction of the goal, we are happy. Doesn't matter if it goes in. If it goes in, we'll, we'll get really excited. But if you just kick it in the general direction of the goal, we are we are ecstatic. We we want a general direction kick. Now sometimes they'll kick it in the general direction of the goal, and it'll miss the goal, and they will they will seem a little bit um, sad at first. But I wait for them to con- get eye contact with me, and I go, "Good job! That was great." Because it was great. Because before we started playing, they were kicking it wherever they pleased. And now at least they've honed it in to the goal direction. And that's perfect. That's so, so excited to get them going in that general direction. I think sometimes we measure our successes and our failures on a curve that Jesus doesn't use. I think sometimes we think that we have failed God when we have not failed God, we have succeeded. And I think we need to learn to better use those moments or at least better recognize those moments so that we can use them to feel blessed to be in God's favor. I'll get to what I'm talking about in just a second. That'll all make sense in a second. Jesus was a rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi that had disciples. A rabbi in that day was just a teacher, a, a, um, a recognized teacher. That's all you did. You were a rabbi. You taught. 
And if you had disciples, it was you just had a group of guys that you taught. And they followed you around. And if you were the disciple of a rabbi, your main goal in life was to look like that rabbi, to do the sorts of things that rabbi did, to live the sorts of ways that rabbi did. Now, can you imagine the panic and um, how overwhelmed the disciples might have been whenever this rabbi calls them to follow him and they do, and they think, all right, it's our job now to be like this rabbi. And all of a sudden, he starts raising the dead. He starts healing the sick. He feeds thousands of people with such little food. He walks on water. He heals a woman just because she reached up and touched his garment he calms the storms and as a disciple of a rabbi like that i could imagine that i would get overwhelmed because all the other rabbis were just walking around saying stuff that's what they were doing they would just they would say things and the 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 uh, the, the disciples would have to would learn to say things like the rabbi said things. It was all a matter of what you said. And all of a sudden, Jesus is doing things, and even in his teachings, saying things that are so powerful that if I'm his follower, I might have a moment to think, I don't think I can do what he does. I don't think I can follow this guy. Early on in the book book of Luke, and actually early on in all of the Gospels, he gathers the disciples together, and he says, y'all are going to go do this stuff on your own. Actually, teams of two. Gathers them up and sends them out. If, If I were them, I would be overwhelmed. I would not feel prepared. Even to this day, I get up here and stand up here every, every week. Even to this day when I imagine myself standing at a pulpit, it's on a stool. I feel like I'm wearing my father's jacket when I wear a jacket. I feel like I'm standing in front of, I, I feel like I'm not prepared to do what I do. I'm not old enough to do what I do. I'm not clean shaven enough to do what I do. That wasn't supposed to be funny, y'all. The, but even in out in life, am I, should I talk to them about this? I don't know if I'm the one who needs to be talking to them about this. I don't think, I, I, I'm not the person who's supposed to be sharing the gospel. I'm not that sort of person. I'm not good enough. I'm not anything like Jesus. And I can imagine the disciples felt the very same way because up until this point, they've been associated with Jesus, but they haven't been participants in what exactly he's doing. He's never once said, Here, Peter, I want you to heal this blind person now, and um, I'll, I'll walk you through it. He hasn't once said, Peter, your turn, Thomas, your turn, Philip, your turn to teach this lesson and I'll help you prepare it. 
I would be overwhelmed. Maybe sometimes you're overwhelmed with this whole idea of following Jesus. I just can't do it. I can't succeed. But I want you to look at what Jesus tells his disciples when he sends them out. And I think it might can change your perspective on how exactly you live uh, the Christian life. Uh, we'll be in Luke chapter 9. It says, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All right, so they have two jobs. Heal the sick, proclaim the kingdom of God. Both were huge jobs. Um, I can't go, don't have time to go into too much detail here, but basically heal the sick is you know, obviously crazy job to be given, but to, to proclaim the kingdom of God, to proclaim that the kingdom of God is near, is to announce that the Messiah that they've been waiting on for, for almost a thousand, thousands of years, almost a thousand years, they've been waiting on this Messiah to come, and now the, the disciples, these unworthy fishermen, this unworthy tax collector, they're going to go into the, into the, to the, the towns and say that the Messiah that, they, that they've been waiting on is here. That's a hefty job and probably pretty daunting. Here's what Jesus said. He told them. He, told, he actually tells them three things. First, he tells them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Um, tunic, actually, is what that should say. No extra, don't take anything extra, just rely that God can do for you the things that you need to be doing. So this exists, this command exists on a very physical level. Don't take any extra bread, don't take any extra money. No extra clothes to wear. But what he's asking them to do on a physical level will, will help them overcome in their spiritual journey. He says, you don't take anything extra because you're worried. God will provide. And if God can provide for, the, for, for a bag of money, if God can provide bread, God can provide strength. God can provide... Um, God can provide the words to say. God can provide the healing. So they're going to heal the sick, but they're also going to have faith that what they need will be given. So he says, have faith in God that you, can, that you will have what you need. So don't take anything else. Secondly, whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Okay. There was a practice in, with teachers. They would come into a town and, a, and, a, and someone would say, well, yeah, you can come stay at my house. And you would show up and their house smelled funny. Some people's houses smell funny. My house probably smells funny to somebody. I don't know if it's genetics or something, but that's the way it works. You just go in a house and you go, oh, no, i got to stay here. Well, what would happen in the first century is you, you, would, you would go into a house and you would stay there. And then sometimes if your teachings got pretty broad, like people started accepting your teachings, you'd have all sorts of other offers and you could pick where you'd get to stay. Oh, wow, the guy on the hill wants me to stay with him. I'll go there. Well, Jesus here, in a way, is condemning um, that practice. Don't start positioning yourself 
for better circumstances. Um, it's always funny to me that preachers are called. Um, they're always called to bigger churches and better paychecks. I get it, but don't, don't blame God for greed sometimes. Not that everyone who goes, you know what I'm saying. Don't judge me. So he says, don't, don't try to position yourself into a better house. Just once you get there, stay there until you leave. That's how you're going to do it. God's going to provide for your physical needs. He's going to provide for you a place to stay. And then look what he says, the third thing. Wherever it is, or wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. That, that, that phrase is actually an idiom, a saying um, of shake the dust that your feet have stirred up, shake it off of your garments. You see Peter do this um, later in Acts, or no, Paul do this later in Acts, he actually shakes out his whole garment. Um, and that's the dust, it's actually shake off the dust from your feet. The, the, your feet, you have gotten dusty by getting in that town, get that dust off of you. So he says, if, if they don't accept you, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. You will be rejected. You will try to tell someone, try to teach someone, try to love someone, and you will be rejected. You will try to bring Jesus into a place, into a home, into a life, and you will be rejected. Now for the disciples, I think that first rejection might have stung a little bit if they wouldn't have had this under their belt. If Jesus wouldn't have told them, when you are rejected, assuming that they will be rejected, if Jesus wouldn't have told them this, I think at the first sign of rejection, they would have said, oh, I don't know if I'm, I'm cut out for this. But Jesus wasn't calling them to succeed every time. He was just calling them to go whenever they're told. And I think sometimes we refuse to go because we're afraid we won't succeed. And what we do is we get caught up in well, this, this nervous nature of, well, they might say, they might do this, they might... What In the end, what's the worst that could happen? You will be rejected. We hate being rejected. We hate it. We hate it on such a deep level that whenever someone just disagrees with what sports team they like, we take it as an affront to our human nature. Can't believe you'd like the Yankees. Who are you? You're someone who likes the Yankees. Calm down, sir. I mean, it's just, it, but we take it, we can take things personally. We do this over so small things. Have you ever had, heard people argue about which barbecue's better? Big Jake's, Naaman's, blah, blah, I don't know any other 
McLarty's. Yeah, because the Irish have always been really good at barbecue. McLarty's. Um, the, so they'll have this, they'll have this argument about, about food. Which food's better? Why? Because we want what we like. We want everyone to like what we like because if someone likes something different than what I like or if they dislike, even worse, if they dislike what I like, we take it as an offense to ourselves. We've been rejected. I like this type of music. You don't like this type of music? Oh, no. We, uh. we can take it personally. Much less the thing that I believe with every bit of me, the thing that I base my whole life around, if I take it and lay it in front of somebody and they don't want it, what does that say about me? We wonder. Jesus' response, Jesus' response is, that says nothing about you. Shake it off. Move on. Go to the next town. Keep going. Keep doing. Keep healing. Keep spreading the word. Keep going. I would argue that a lot of us don't go at all because we're afraid we might get rejected. But if you're, if you're afraid, you're, you'll be okay if you get rejected. Just shake it off. Let them go. Randy and I were talking before services. Um, Randy, you say 25 years? 30? Um, it's been 30 years since Randy's led singing in this church. Um, no applause because that'd make him uncomfortable. I think he nailed it. That's a, yeah, that's a Church of Christ applause right there. Amen. Um, I think I think he. But but when you get up in front of people, it is nerve wracking. Um, and it it's even it can be nerve wracking. For me, but one of the things that helps me is that I know you guys love me. And that I can make a mistake and it not be the end of the world. I can say something wrong and it won't be the end of the world. What, what I know for a fact is that if you dislike something that I did or said or even a posture I have, maybe you don't like the fact that my left hand's in my pocket right now. If you dislike that, I can forgive you for disliking that. I'm serious. The, the ability to be able to forgive the people who reject us is the first step in being able to just plow through and see, just see what happens. I'm not afraid. You might reject me. I can check that off. I... The disciples knew from Jesus' mouth that they would be able to overcome anyone not liking them. And so they went. They left. They healed. They preached. And they were rejected. But guess what? 
you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to be rejected too because the one you're following has been rejected time and time again. It's just going to happen. And we have got to be better at letting that rejection go, shaking that rejection off, moving on. Because you can't, you can't let it build up. Maybe you're just afraid dust is, the dust of rejection is going to get on your clothes. Or maybe you've done it so often and been rejected so much and refused to let that rejection go, it's caked up and made you immobile. Dust just built up and you're just tired. Well, that's not their fault. That's your fault. Shake that off. Let it go. Forgive. Forgive the rejection. And go on to the next town. You see, you're not necessarily serving others by telling them about Jesus by telling them the good news that Jesus is alive, that he is king, and that he's worthy of our following. You're not serving others by telling them that. You're serving God by telling them that. And so success isn't just... Success isn't a convert to Christianity. Success is just kicking the ball in the general direction of what success might look like. Success is just trying. I would argue that the majority of us who don't try to speak the name of Jesus in a public place do so because we're just terrified how it might go. And Jesus says you can handle that. You can let that go. The first step of overcoming your fear of rejection is knowing ahead of time I'm going to be able to forgive those who reject me. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to be able to forgive those who reject me. And if you can do that, you can do anything. Number one command in the Bible is do not fear. Don't be afraid. It says that more than anything else. Don't let your fear rule you. Don't let rejection rule you. There's even times in Scripture where it says, where God says, God gave them up to their sin. All right? You don't want God? God God handles rejection too. It's high time we get better at teaching the world about Jesus. And we get better at not being so wounded when they fail to hear the message. That we point to our life and say regularly, I'm doing this for you because God did something for me. We let that rule us. We let God's grace rule us and not the fear of rejection, not the fear of I'm not good enough, Not the fear of, I can't do this. You may not not be great with your words. To be honest with you, I'm not that great with my words. 
Rachel always laughs at me and says, her, her sentence is, you speak for a living. Which is usually what she says to me after I've tried to unsuccessfully order something at McDonald's. I just can't, I just, it can't come out. And I always remind her, no, I prepare to speak for a living. If you, if you give me uh, two weeks to prepare this McDonald's order, it's going to be introduced and concluded well. It's nice. I can always win the argument whenever she doesn't get to yell anything back at me in the middle of a sermon. It's unfair advantage, really. Um, but I, I have trouble saying the things that I want to say whenever you just put on the spot. I have trouble being afraid that, oh, they, they, this might come across as like the preacher telling you. I'm just afraid I'm going to be rejected. That's probably what you're... you're you're wrestling with too. And Jesus says, it's, it's bigger than this. You don't even need an extra shirt. God's going to provide. You don't need to jump from house to house. God's going to provide. And when you shake the dust off of you from rejection, God will move you along. You will be fine. You will be rejected but you will be fine. So go into this week without fear. Because the mission of God and the kingdom of God and the message of Jesus and the good news of Jesus is too big of a mission and a message and a good news. It's too big to be stifled by your fear. We have been given wings like eagles. We have been allowed to soar and we run around like chickens afraid to take off. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Go. Tell them about Jesus. And if they say no, just shake that off and move on. Tell the next person. That's not your fault. That's theirs. And their life is worth your attempt. Their life is worth your attempt. I'll say this and then we'll close up. Um, Someone told me today that someone else, or not today, this week, someone told me this week, um, that person, I know, they think I'm going to hell. They knew somebody who thought that about them. And I, sa- I told them, I, I, I get you, I'm there with you. Pretty sure there are people that think I'm going to hell. But one of the things that bothers me the most about that is not that they think it, but what bothers me the most is that when they see me, they don't tell me every single time they see me. If someone thinks I'm eternally condemned, I hope they tell me every time they see me. Because that's love. Now, I think they're wrong, obviously. Because the power of Jesus is way way bigger, the grace of God is way bigger than the dumb things I think and say. But, 
if we have a message that the world needs and we aren't taking it to the world, that's not love. It's apathy. Which might be worse than hate. Get over your fear. Be able to let it go. Get rejected. But at least you're doing what God has called you to do. If you've never followed that God, and if today's the day you won't, you think maybe this, maybe you thought the church will reject you, and you're 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 wrong about this church. They won't. But you thought I want to follow God, but I haven't quite found a church where I'll fit in. This, we want to love you and accept you, and show you the way of Jesus. We want to walk that way with you. But you need to, re- you need to respond today. We, we think it's absolutely important that you live and walk and be in relationship and be connected to Jesus, to be baptized into his death, burial, and resurrection, to live that sort of way. But if you follow Jesus for years and yet to take the risk of rejection, uh, risk of rejection to share that good news... This week's the week. Get over it. Shake it off and move on. Keep spreading the good news. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.